Amen. I'd like to spend a little bit of time around the word this morning. And the title of this message is as follows. Reborn, the new has come. If you're making notes, you can jot that down. Reborn, the new has come. Now, I'm sharing on this today because we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus today. And as a result of the resurrection, because the resurrection took place, we can experience new life. As a result of the resurrection, the new covenant has now come into being. This is the time of the new covenant. As a result of the resurrection, you and I can be born again. How many people do we have here this morning? You say, I am born again. Well, it's because Jesus was resurrected from the dead, from the grave, that you can say that I'm born again. And so now we can say, because of the resurrection, the new has come. Please turn with me to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, we were in John chapter 3 on Friday, but now we're going to look at a different part of John chapter 3. Do me a favor, just give a smile to the person next to you, make sure that they are still wide awake in the service this morning. And in John chapter 3 verse 1, we read an interesting story about Nicodemus. But as we read the story, I'm going to show you a little bit further on in Scripture where Nicodemus appears again. Some people think, well, this is the only place that he appears in Scripture. He appears more than once. It says in John 3 verse 1, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This was a man that was high up in religious circles, high up amongst the Pharisees, the religious council of the day. Verse 2. This man came to Jesus by night. Why did he come by night? Because he was afraid of man. He was scared his religious peers would criticize him, that he would be in trouble if they discovered that he was having contact with Jesus. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, We know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again. Would you say those two words with me? Born again. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven or enter into it or experience the kingdom of heaven. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? Lost my place here for a second. Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water 
and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Born of water would speak of a physical birth when the water breaks and you are born. Some people say it could also refer to baptism, but I don't believe that uh, it does refer to that. But it says, unless you're born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell from whence it comes and where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now, I felt to share on this a little bit today because of the following. Firstly, that those of us here in this meeting today that have experienced being born again, that it would be refreshed in our hearts and minds, and that we would in a new way appreciate this new life that the Lord Jesus has given us. I also feel to share on this today because maybe there are some people in the meeting today and you can't say with certainty, I am born again. You cannot say that with certainty. And I believe that God wants us to be certain. And Jesus said, you must, you simply must be born again. Now, a little bit of a definition. What does it mean to be born again? This is what it means. It means to be supernaturally and instantly changed by the Holy Spirit in your inner nature. When you are born again, it is something that is done supernaturally. It is done by who? The person of the Holy Spirit that comes and causes your spirit to be born, to come alive to God, because we are dead in our transgressions, the Bible says. But the Holy Spirit comes, and He comes upon the person that received Jesus Christ, and He makes you alive in an altogether new way. So, if you say, well, how do I know if I'm born again? Well, can you say that you, at some point in your life, supernaturally and instantly experience the changing of the Holy Spirit on the inside. That doesn't mean that you've got a new hairstyle <laughs> instantaneously. It doesn't mean that your mind was instantly changed because you've still got to work on your mind and you've got to work out your salvation, the Bible speaks, and you've got to work on your sanctification. It doesn't mean you became a perfect person when you were born again, but it means that on the inside something began to be new instantly and came alive to God. How does a person become born again? It's very simple. You come and you come before Father God and you receive Jesus Christ into your life. That is how you become born again. It's not simple. It's not complicated. It's very simple. Little kids can give their lives to Jesus and become born again. I was very, very young when my mom prayed for me, for me to become born again. It's written in the back of my Bible. John Paul Rabbit gave his life to the Lord on the 27th 
of January 1977. My mom wrote it down. I'm glad she did because uh, I wouldn't have been able to remember it because I was born in 74. So uh, I was a little chokerki then, about three years old or so. But I remember, well, I don't remember, but the reality is that I did pray a prayer. My mom led me in a prayer, and on that day I became born again. Several times during my life, I made recommitments of my life to the Lord as I grew in my understanding of what it meant to follow Jesus, what it meant to be a disciple of Jesus. Maybe you can testify of the same thing, that it was when you were really young. Or maybe for you, it wasn't like that. You had a a rough life. You experienced many things and you weren't serving God, but there came a time when you know that you prayed a prayer, you received Jesus, and something began to change. Now, three points that we want to look at. Number one, reborn, my heart has changed. Number one, reborn, my heart has changed. And I'd like us just to look at the example of Nicodemus for a few moments. Now, the question is this, was Nicodemus born again? as a result of that encounter with Jesus? I wonder what your answer would be to that. Well, the fact of the matter is, the Bible doesn't clearly say, it doesn't specifically say that Nicodemus was born again. It doesn't say that he prayed the sinner's prayer. But did he actually get born again? Well, I'd like to say, I believe he did. Why do I say that? Because... His life began to change from that night of that encounter with Jesus. His life began to change. Now, let's look at John chapter 7. Please turn to John chapter 7. And we see Nicodemus appearing here again. John chapter 7 and verse 45. And this is a a meeting that took place amongst the religious leaders. In verse 45 it says, Then the officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees, who said to him, Why have you not brought him? The officers said, No man ever spoke like this man. They were trying to seize Jesus. And now they were saying, Well, guys, why didn't you bring Jesus? And they said, You know what? It's like we couldn't touch him. Because no one ever spoke like this man. Then the Pharisees answered them, Are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. But now you see Nicodemus appear here again. And it says, Nicodemus, he who came to Jesus by night, being one of them, said to him, Does our Lord judge a man before it hears and knows what he is doing? They answered and said to him, Are you also from Galilee? Search and look, for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. And everyone went to his own house. Now this is a bit of an ob little reading about Nicodemus. But you see, the point is this, that this followed an incident where Nicodemus met with Jesus. Now, it was a little while later, he was in an environment where they were ferociously 
against Jesus. They were just seeking to destroy Jesus. And in that amount of tremendous, in that atmosphere of tremendous peer pressure, Nicodemus dared to speak up in defense of Jesus. Now what does that tell you? It tells you that on that night, when he first met with Jesus, his heart had begun to change. Because I believe he was actually born again, although the fullness of that being reborn would only be fully realized at the time of the resurrection, I believe that it still was taking place in his heart. Now turn to John chapter 19, and this is the last time Nicodemus appears in the Bible. John chapter 19 and verse 38 to 40. says, and now this is relating to the burial of Jesus, it says, after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took the body of Jesus. Now here Nicodemus appears again. And Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, yes, it's the same Nicodemus, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. Some of the Bibles say about 75 pounds. Then they took the body of Jesus, bound it in strips of linen with the spices, as the custom of the Jews is to bury I found this very fascinating. Nicodemus first met with Jesus one night. He was searching. A little while later, he stands up amidst the most severe peer pressure, and he says something in defense of Jesus. Now, he must have been following Jesus' ministry. His heart, I believe, was being changed. And from that night that he met with Jesus, his heart was changed. And here he is, with this rich man, Joseph of Arimathea, taking the body of Jesus, taking spices and myrrh, putting it all over the body of Jesus, wrapping it in linen cloths. Do you think it's fair to say that Nicodemus's heart had been touched when he met with Jesus on that day? Listen to the extent it was touched, because the Bible scholars tell us that this mixture of myrrh and spices was exceedingly expensive. The commentaries say it was enough to prepare 200 bodies for burial. How's that? 200 bodies for burial. It was probably, it probably required at least one donkey or one mule to carry this amount of these spices and myrrh. And what does that speak of? It speaks of the fact that this man's heart had changed. And I believe that if you have become born again, that your heart has changed. There's something different. Your heart has changed. I know people in this church who have come to know the Lord and really become born again. And you begin to see it in their faces almost, in their countenance. You begin to see their lives become different. And so that's why if people have not really experienced something of a change in their heart, well, you've got to say, well, did that person actually get born again? And this 
amount of spices was so lavish because I believe it spoke of how much he loved Jesus. He wanted to lavishly prepare Jesus' body for burial. And so this is what he knew how to do because his heart had been changed. Number one, reborn, my heart has changed. Number two, reborn, things have become new. Please turn to 2 Corinthians as quick as you can. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Just this one verse of Scripture. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, He is a new creation. Won't you say those two words with me? New creation. If you are in Jesus Christ and have become born again, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I believe that that all things speaks of within our hearts. It's become new. That doesn't mean that our minds have become new. We still have to work on our minds. How many of you know the mind is a bit of a battlefield? You've got to work on your mind. You've got to bring it into line with God's Word. You've got to renew it and not let it be conformed to the world. That takes time. But your heart instantly gets changed when you come to Jesus. All things have become new. Galatians 6 verse 15 speaks of a new creation as well. Now the phrase a new creation does not mean you get an extreme makeover. (laughs) It doesn't mean that you get renovated. It doesn't mean that you get refurbished. God says you become a new creation. He makes your spirit come alive to God. That's why many people who are not born again cannot understand the things of God because their minds are clouded, the Bible says. But when we come to Jesus and we become born again, we come alive to God. And things are open to us. And spiritually understood things, we begin to cotton on to. You begin to understand them. I remember a friend of mine who was a pastor. He doesn't live in South Africa anymore, but... I remember he went to go and pray for a certain man. He was a bit of an older man. And this man was sick, he was ill. And so the family knew of this pastor and they called him to come and pray for their dad. And I can't remember the exact situation, but while he was there, he was a very Afrikaans man. And uh, this friend of mine, he said to him, Sir, I've come to pray for you, but I need to ask you this. Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? And this man responded, and he said the following. He said, son, I've been attending church since before you were born. My friend said to him, no, no, no. Sir, I'm asking you, is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? And he responded, And he said the following, he said, aren't you listening? I've been even a deacon in my church for many years. You know what? As my friend began to chat with that man further, he discovered, 
He was very much involved in church, but he was dead on the inside. He had not become born again. When you become born again, you come alive to God. You think things begin to change in your heart. Things begin to become new. So I'd like to say, and this friend always said it of this man, he said, this man was saved in his head, but he was not saved in his heart. Some people are like that. Do you agree with me? They've, they've got it together in terms of the theology in their heads, but it hasn't made the trip down to their hearts. It's got to make a, a 30 centimeter trip from here into your heart, and then you become born again. Then you become alive to God. One of our leaders in the church a number of years ago didn't know the Lord. He was in a severely desperate place. And he sat on his couch one night and he had his revolver in his hand. He was in a, such a desperate place, he determined he was going to end it there. But in that place of desperation, he cried out to God and he said, God, I don't know what to do, I don't know where to turn, but if you are real, if you are really out there, I need your help. That night he didn't actually end up taking his life, but God had begun to work in his heart. A couple of weeks later, he found himself in a church called Rhema Bible Church. At the end, the pastor made an appeal inviting people to come and give their lives to Jesus Christ. And what happened with this guy? He found himself just desiring to go forward. And he went and stood at the front. And on that night, he became born again. And his life began to change and to change and to change. And today he's a beautiful man of God. But on that particular night, something happened where supernaturally and instantly the Holy Spirit changed his inner nature. The evidence of being born again is that your life begins to change. All things become new. That's number two. Reborn. Things have become new. The final point, number three. Reborn. Keep putting on the new. Please turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. This is the last scripture that we're going to turn to in our Bibles. Ephesians 4, verse 23 to 32. And it says in verse 23, this is speaking about the renewed man. It says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, each one speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Or on your wrath. That's a good challenge for husbands and wives. Let him who stole steal no longer. But rather let him labor, working with his hands, what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. What am I reading here? I'm reading a picture of this person that has become new. 
but it does require a putting on of the new. It says in verse 30, it says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as Christ also forgave you. Now, this is the thing. The enemy wants to resurrect your old nature <laughs> to try to corrupt the new thing that has been born in you. And I promise you, for the rest of your life, the enemy will try to resurrect your old nature to corrupt this new thing that God has done in your life. That's when you have to count yourself, consider yourself as dead to that, and you have to put away that. You have to put away lying. You have to pull away, put away malice. You have to put away evil speaking. And you have to put on forgiveness. You have to put on love. You have to put on kindness. And sometimes when people get born again, they think, well, instantly they're just going to be like the Pope or something, or they're going to be like Mother Teresa and just want to wash people's feet. Now, it's not quite like that. You have to want to put it on. You have to put on this new nature. And when somebody does wrong to you, when somebody does wrong, you have to put on this response of the attitude of Christ. But we have to make sure that we put away the old nature and put on. If we are reborn, we have to keep on putting on the new. You know, I was listening to, um, I, I enjoy listening to The Apprentice with Donald Trump. And I find him quite fascinating the way he operates. Now, as far as I know, he's not a believer. But uh, Donald Trump, every now and again in his programs on The Apprentice, he gives a, a little bit of input regarding how to be a successful businessman. And he'll give a little, a little input here, and then later in the program, a little input here. But you know what? The one night I was listening to him, and I was very disappointed by his response. He said, if somebody hinders me in business, I hate him. I just hate him. And I'll do everything I can to destroy them. Oh, I thought, my goodness, I thought you were a reasonably nice man or something. He said, I hate him. I'll do everything I can to destroy them. To me, that's the style of what our lives were like. But the style of things when we become born again is we respond in the attitude of Christ, which is one of turning the other cheek. I remember uh, a lady who was in my dad's church and tragically one day, her son of about 14 years of age, he had crossed the road by Menland Park and he was run down by a motor vehicle and he was instantly killed. The mother of this child was obviously distraught and went into mourning and so on, but after she had gotten over the initial trauma and the initial mourning, she felt that she wanted to meet with the driver of that vehicle who was another lady. And she met with that lady because she wanted to forgive her and release her. Because she said, surely this lady must be in turmoil. Surely she must be broken and stickened in her heart. And she determined and eventually found out who this lady was and met with her. And she said... I don't have an axe to grind with you. 
I know it was just an accident, but I want to say to you today that I forgive you and that I release you. You know what? That speaks of a heart that has been reborn. And so it's kind of like putting on a brand new suit. We need to choose the new daily, moment by moment, as we're going through our lives, we have to choose to continue on with this good work that Jesus began in our hearts. We have to choose and say, Lord, I'm putting on the new. I have become reborn, but I'm walking in that newness of life. God has raised you up for newness of life. A final scripture I'd just like to read to you is from Romans 6, verse 11 to 13. It says, So, You also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God. I believe we could translate that as born again through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. What are we talking about today? Reborn. The new has 